If I knew just offering to not pay taxes was how Baltimore would get fixed. This is Corey, and this is the Yo the Anthem podcast. Podcasting is hard. There's so many buttons. If only we knew somebody who used this time to, you know, nap and uh, play on his phone who would want to produce the show. Anyway, uh, this is Rob. Welcome to episode 3475 of the Yo the Anthem podcast, coming to you from all over LA. But Corey is there in the hashtag OTA LA studios, high above the 110 freeway in downtown Los Angeles, California. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you for listening on your podcast of choice. The easiest way, anchor.fm forward slash O the Anthem. And uh, I think it'll be a lot of taxes talk this week. Uh, we got uh, we got two tax-related stories on the docket. Uh, oh, God, excitement. I just can hear the palpitations of people I know. at home. I know, people at home going like, man, I was waiting for the hot tax talk going on here. I mean, like, everyone's trying to get this hot vac summer thing going on, but perhaps hot tax summer is the way we should... Uh, we should look ahead to well, it. Well, I'm going to, my hot tax summer is going to be doing my taxes. So that would be uh, <laughs> something I should probably do in the next few months. It's, a, it's always wonderful when you can push it off like that. <laughs> well, you know, us W-2 employees, we, uh, well, us W-2 employees with massive student loan debt that gets our uh, tax returns confiscated. Uh, we try to nail it as much on the head as we can. <laughs> So that, you know, Sally Mae gets less of a check. And also, um, fuck them. That's why. <laughs> so my taxes will be done by October 15th. Is that the date? I think. Whatever the date is. It's six <laughs> months after. Whatever the tax day is. Yeah, it's six months after the tax day. Well, so, so. it's, uh, I think it would be November. Right. Because we got a month, the tax month, day, right? uh, uh, May this year? Yes, it was. So. Yeah, so. Fuck them. November. <laughs> yeah. You can wait patiently for your fuck you money. (laughs) Well, Uh, I mean, uh, I get no money. Sally Mae can wait patiently for her fuck you money. (laughs) Um, All $12. Starting uh, starting up front, uh, there was a uh, article that was uh, released in ProPublica uh, this past week, which has been gaining a lot of attention. Um, With some really awesome graphics at the bottom, I didn't realize that until I was scrolling through here right before we started. But, yeah, before uh, you, when you actually looked at the the information there. <laughs> well, so we we talked about the article, and then I was just like, "Oh, you mean so like the same shit as always?" But then it's got this like really like uh, unique graph at the very bottom that fills as you scroll. So yeah, very I interesting. Mean, it, it, so again, this is not new information to anybody who has been uh, paying attention in the world for the last, uh, oh, I don't know, 100 years or so. Uh, But what is different is that uh, somebody had leaked, uh, assumedly from the IRS, somebody had leaked tax returns from 25 of the richest Americans of the last uh, 20 years, essentially. Like the last, uh, I think 2008 was the first. Wait a second. You mean 24 very rich Americans and... A rich South African. Yeah. Well, I mean, technically, he pays taxes here in America because he has a company here in America. So, and he lives in America. So, yeah, but I, mean, I don't want to get pays skip taxes past the part is where a relative phrase, but he is an apartheid supporting South African who happens to live in America. Like uh, Donald Trump is a fascist support. Oh wait, no, he is American. Yeah, um, he's from Queens. Okay, Ted Cruz is a fascist supporting Canadian Canadian Cuban <laughs> who lives in America. That doesn't make him American. Uh, he doesn't support American values. And he, uh, well, I shouldn't say that about Elon Musk because apartheid is, 
I mean, that's all American, really. So I, mean, uh, I, don't, I don't know how much more American it gets than that. Uh, but basically, yeah, anyway, sorry, yeah. Basically, they were able to uh, draw from the actual tax returns, which is sort of information that is not known. Like, so for a lot of uh, the years that we've been, uh, that people have been sort of speculating as to how much the rich pay in taxes, uh, we've only been able to judge this off of uh, publicly available data. So, for instance, uh, when we talked about Amazon, the corporation not paying any taxes last year. It was because Amazon has to report its tax earnings to its investors, the people who own stock in the company. So that's how we know that information. We know the relative wealth of the top 25 Americans because Forbes does a bang up job of uh, getting all that information and putting it together in their annual list. Of course, that is. I did want to mention to to Jeff Bezos, the richest man in the world, who uh, apparently gets a real big chip on his shoulder. That um, the Amazon information leaked because Corey is a stockholder and he did make it publicly known. He took the report that you sent him. And <laughs> I did it. It was public, me. Just so, just so that's clear. Yeah, I did it before. <laughs> what a th- ten thousand other people <laughs> probably did the same. Uh, uh, basically, uh, Warren Buffett. For let's make a, 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 a example of this one. For instance, uh, his wealth growth. Uh, was $24.3 billion. His income reported was $125 million. His total taxes paid on that was 23.7. So he ended up paying 0.1% in taxes. Um, now, I know a lot of people out there who make good livings, uh, who make a good amount of money, and are constantly complaining about how much they pay in taxes. I understand where they're coming from. If I was paying nearly 40% in taxes in California, if you're making a lot of money, you could be paying upwards of 50% of your income on taxes. Uh, (laughs) Rob points to himself. Uh, Part of the reason why is because for, again, really, honestly, in the last 50 years more so has this escalated. But over the last 100 years, it's been sort of the steady stream of the richest people in America not paying their fair share. And 0.1% of your wealth growth uh, for a Warren Buffett, for example, or 3% in the case of Elon Musk or uh, Bloomberg with his, like, what, 1.9 or something like that it was. Uh, 1.3, sorry, I, <laughs> I gave him too much credit. Um, these are These are numbers that are laughable, seeing as... You know, the average everyday American is probably paying somewhere in the area of, you know, 14 to 25 percent in taxes, um, depending on what state you live in. If you wait, live- wait, listen, I, I not to quote the greatest president we've ever had, but this is the fake news story. Fake news. How do you uh, how do you say fake news to this? I, I'd love to hear your. So, I, I mean, because the way that pe- and, and this is much like every covid story that anyone listening to this has ever read about it uh you people read it and they take they draw a conclusion from it but that's not the point of what the thing is uh and in the case of covid uh reporters are reading science papers and then drawing a conclusion and then writing a story from which someone is drawing a even more incorrect conclusion but um warren buffett paid exactly as much taxes as he should have paid on his income. So did Jeff Bezos. So did Elon Musk. 
that these guys are paying exactly as much as they need to pay on their taxes. Right. And, uh, you know, it's not against the law to find every single loophole in the tax system to get as much money as humanly possible or okay, like, pay is- as little taxes as possible. I mean, if you want to pay more in taxes, the government won't stop you. If there is something yeah. that legally allows you to pay less in taxes, then, you know, it's your fault for not taking advantage of it, basically, is the way the tax code is written. And, and that's what Warren Buffett says. Warren Buffett agrees that we need to fix the tax code, but he also says, but if, as long as this is the tax code, I'm paying taxes under this tax code. I mean, like, I'm not going to volunteer more money. Right. Clearly. Um, and it, it <laughs> it's just, it's fucking... Uh, ridiculous i mean it, it, again it's nothing new most most normal people realize that uh these billionaires are not paying their fair share but if you think about they it like they are this, paying that, their fair share though they are paying their fair share because oh, that that zero point that 1.3 that three percent that what you're quoting is the tax rate that they should have paid on wealth growth yeah. but wealth growth is not money yeah every only, dollar only that you are is, paid Every dollar you're paid goes in your pocket and you can spend it immediately. Elon Musk was the second richest man in the world and then the 10th richest man in the world and then the 87th richest man in the world and then the third richest man in the world. Like, that's based on value that fluctuates greatly. So we can't tax him on that. But he also can't spend that. That's not capital that he can spend. Every dollar you make is capital you can spend. So, rightly, we are only taxed on the income that we make that we can spend immediately. Right. And, and you know, uh, what was the what was the Supreme Court case that that uh, basically took away uh, stock value? I can't remember. It was in the article here. Uh, well, it, it's it, there. There's a uh, history of cases that just basically said that you can't create uh, that uh, capital gains are not income. You can tax them, but you have to tax them separately, and you have to tax them when they realize not just the fact that wealth has been gained on them. Yeah. And the reality is that we're making up these lists, and they're incorrect. I mean, listen, uh, Bill Gates is still the richest man in the world because he cashed out a big portion of his Microsoft stock to create a foundation and to you know do a bunch of stuff with. So. He has cash on hand. That makes him wealthy. But, I mean, realistically, I am more wealthy than Jeff Bezos in real terms. Yeah, I mean, in terms of he makes $80,000 a year in salary for being Amazon CEO. Yeah. Uh, much like uh, and he's uh, got Steve, kids. Steve Jobs. Oh, not only does he have kids, but he uh, one year when he paid $0 in federal income tax, also collected $4,000 for each one of his kids because... Uh, according to taxes, he is uh, poor and needs. Well, what needs you mean to, to say the... is he paid zero dollars because he got four thousand dollars for each of his kids. Right. So that reduces your tax burden down. Now, I paid about twelve thousand dollars in taxes that year because I didn't have any kids to knock it down. And I don't have any friends who are willing to give me their kids so I can knock my taxes down. Yeah, so specifically it says in 2011, a year in which his wealth held roughly steady at $18 billion, Bezos filed a tax return reporting he lost money. His income that year was more than offset by investment losses. What's more, because according to the tax law, he made so little, he even claimed and received a $4,000 tax credit for his children. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. So he, he again, uh, I would just like to point out to Forbes, I have more wealth than Jeff Bezos. <laughs> on paper, like spendable. On paper, yeah. I mean, like in the bank, yes. I mean, here's the now, here's the problem is that that uh, unlike unlike you or unlike uh, you know Bezos has has the advantage of being able to show that he has great value in homes across the country in uh, the stock that he has ownership of that he is able to get a humongous line of credit from some bank call it Bank of America right sure. and he can draw off that line of credit in order to pay for his life and he can write off the taxes of the interest of that line of credit against his taxes as sure. well as whatever losses he can write off to get him down to zero okay so you know th- so again, this is this is a this is a game that again nothing new everyone <laughs> everyone should know this but the fact that uh i think they said something like uh, in the article i was trying to find it specifically but there was uh 143 billion dollars worth of tax revenue brought in uh, one year federal tax revenue brought in one year and the share of the billionaires the top 25 was 1.9 billion of that so yeah. less than a one percent for the top one percent and not even the top one percent the top one percent of one percent yeah paid so it, it comes down to this though either you're you're with capitalism or you're not because what you're describing is how capitalism works so either you have to say okay this is how capitalism works and I'm going to be fine with it. Or you are not and you want to change the system, but you can't, you can't do what Corey did so many times in our thousand game college basketball series and say things like you only won because we're playing to 21 or yeah, you made more baskets than me, but I mean, I played better. That That's not, a, we're playing a game and it has rules and As I played by the rules, and I won. That's that's how it works. Or you could just say, the game is fundamentally flawed, and it is only to your advantage, and we need to change the game that we're playing. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. We need to change. We need to change the game. Like that's the. Okay, so you don't want us to be capitalist anymore. No, I I don't think there's. I I think that there's a long history of people who had incredible wealth like uh, mentioned within the piece rockefeller vanderbilt these are people who had such wealth that you know 120 years later we're still talking about their wealth uh they lived opulent lives they gave graciously to charities they their names ring out on buildings all across new york and stuff like that uh they had no problem living a rich person's life based off of the incredible accomplishments that they that they did in this capitalist system but at the end of the day they paid taxes there was a way for which they no they didn't no they didn't they did no so like when you're talking about rockefeller and carnegie you're talking about the pre-1920s where the billionaires were taxed at a relatively the same rate as they are now and john d rockefeller in today's dollars would be like a trillionaire because yeah. he was a hundred billionaire in an era when a dollar was worth essentially a hundred dollars that it is today. So he was paying not his fair share then. However, he had something called noblesse oblige, which was an American sense that even though we don't have royalty, 
our robber barons are our royal our royalty so they need to do things like donate to charity and create colleges and have buildings built and named after them and what your problem is is that you don't you don't see the billionaires of today acting like the billionaires of yesteryear which they were under no duty to do right and that is a problem so again either your problem is with capitalism or it's not well, I mean, we, we no can a duty to do that. I mean, both Bill Gates and, and Warren Buffett uh, have said that they are going to donate the vast majority of their fortunes when they die. Uh, and what fucking good does that do? Well, I mean, Rockefeller did that. Carnegie did that. It didn't do shit all. All right. Yes, there's a college. Isn't that great? One man got so much wealth together that he controlled 81 percent of a market that was required for the operation of a country. And at his death, he donated a large chunk of that, about 70%, to multiple charities and foundations. Great. The fuck did he need it for, for his whole life? Jeff, listen, if I paid you five, if I, if the future Chadillac Baker, <laughs> if I was to give him $5,000 a day, yeah. from the day he was born until the day he reached your age, yeah. He would not have a fraction of the money that Jeff Bezos had. Right. Has right now. Yeah. That is more money than a person can functionally spend in a lifetime. It is literally just acclimating or uh, accumulating wealth for the purpose of accumulating wealth. Well, and or that's to escape the planet, which is I think they're all of their their final plans. But so either you say we cut that shit off so that we can uh spend it now on things that we need now, or you just say, uh, oh, well, thank you. Please, sir, can I have another? Or, or, and I'm fine with this too, Corey. I, I think this is where you're going, and I support your your idea that you're clearly putting forth here. The thoughts of Rob are all the billionaires. <laughs> that we kill all the billionaires right now so that we take that function of getting their wealth back into society right now. So when you say... We need to make a hit list of Bezos and Gates and Buffett and Musk. I support you wholeheartedly in your plan to assassinate all of these billionaires. Not my not my position, but I will say I, I was thinking about this earlier when I was uh, when I was reading this article. Um, <laughs> like five years listening to this shit. I just <laughs> I, I was thinking about this earlier when I was uh, when I was reading the article, and I was like, you know. Rob's thought of guillotines and uh, getting rid of all the all the billionaires uh, is largely based off of a fundamental understanding of how history goes, where yes. every great society that that promotes people of great wealth eventually grows to the point where they become so the 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 lower classes become so tired of it that they go and start killing people because <laughs> it's just reached that critical mass. This is how history has shown itself to be time and time again uh, through the Gilded Age and through France and uh, through through a lot of examples through history. Uh, I would prefer us not to get to the point where we start randomly killing people and instead uh, get to the point where we figure out a way to honestly be able to tax somebody who has obscene wealth even if the wealth is on paper. And I realize that that would require, you know, like laws that, that would 
pr- pretty much an amendment to the Constitution at this point because you would have to overturn Supreme Court pre- uh, precedent on this. But, you know, some sort of manner of uh, of paying your fair... Because it's just not... I would not... You made the point earlier about... Uh, I could pay a CPA $300 and they would find $300 worth of savings in the taxes that more I than, pay. More than that. More yeah. than that. I, I, they would make up their value to me and the money I spend on them because I would pay that much less in taxes based yeah. off of their ability to find all the loopholes and get me good. Uh, and it, again, that is a that's all legal. If, if there's a legal loophole that the, the CPA knows and it saves me money. I'm not under the the uh, under requirement to pay the IRS more than what I can find to legally pay them. But at a certain point, if you're if you're just sitting on you know a hundred, if you're sitting on a billion dollars worth of wealth and it's just perpetually growing in an account and you're never touching it, there needs to be some sort of means by which that money can be touched because this system clearly just does not work and the what we've learned like again this is not anything that we didn't know but what we learned from this situation uh, with the actual financial documents that have been released is that uh you know it's it's way worse than anyone could have just largely speculated because even i I said I said a minute ago uh imagine listening to this in five years but i i do want to send a message to uh that far-flung future which has found the podcast and is uh using it as some sort of prophetic uh, yes i am in fact a prophet and you should worship me thusly however uh my message to you my overarching message to you from beyond the grave uh as Corey and i talked about earlier five years or so away when i'm just like what were we talking about nope that's it off to the wilderness um is this Yeah, nobody could hear that. So. <laughs> oh, you can hear that at all? No, it was too God quiet. Damn, you Zoom whispering. Filters. Yeah, Zoom filters are really good. Um, I'm just walking around with all of that up here all the time. Just, it's always here. It's always just moving around inside of here. And go back. I have given you the secret to everything over the last seven years. You just need to find it. I... I, I, I would uh yes, I would say I would say that is true. We but I would also say collectively the two of us have had, had many conversations over that time where we have illuminated people to the idea that uh uh we know better <laughs> than them because uh it's not too hard to just read history books and realize how things are gonna go. Like the problem is that most people just like as soon as as soon as some part of history that doesn't apply to them personally is introduced to them. They say, "Oh, that doesn't apply to me," and they just don't. They ignore it, even though if you really want to be a, a student of history and know how things are going to happen, you have to sort of collect as much as you possibly can because you never, much like Rob, walking around with it all the time. You never know when you're going to have to drag that piece of information out. You know, so unless it's a once in a lifetime pandemic for an upper respiratory type infection because that's never happened before and why would we need to you know lean on the lessons of history yeah why why even why even concern ourselves with something that happened 100 years ago 
It's not like it'll happen again. Yes. <laughs> um, moving on, though, back to uh, back eat to the rich. Our... Yes, you're right. Yes, we should kill and eat the rich and then split up all their stuff amongst all of us. Uh, back to our old home. I figured uh, maybe we'd meander on down to. Uh... Oh, wait, shit. I got to get it queued up. Hang on. Oh. <laughs> I was trying to trying to give you a little uh, heads up. Yeah, on go that. ahead. Uh, maybe we go on down to the uh, Baltimore corner. Ah, where you get the straight dope. Indeed. So uh, along the tax conversation, <laughs> another tax conversation, uh, the business owners of Fells Point have had it up to here with the city and are saying, uh, if uh, you don't do what you're supposed to be doing, which is uh, controlling the crime and getting rid of the criminals and locking them up for the crimes they commit, then uh, we're just not going to pay taxes because fuck it. If you're not going to do your job with the money we spend, then uh, we're just not going to give you the money anymore. Because clearly, what difference does it make? Um, to which, oh, suddenly, uh, the city hall just sprung into action, and uh, they had a, a Zoom <laughs> for residents of Fells Point, uh, which a lot of people showed up to, uh, which apparently they were not prepared for. Uh, the Baltimore City Police have been having a basically a uh, siege on Fells Point for the last week here. And uh, it, it's it's interesting, uh, given its prominent location within the White L, that uh, this, uh, this, this little uprising of the Fells Point Business Association is seeming to have uh, some impact on moving the city forward a little bit, even though... As me and me and Rob will tell you, uh, there's very little the Baltimore Police Department can do about the crime unless they decide to, uh, you know, stop being uh, representatives of the city of Baltimore because they are causing a lot of the crime themselves. So, yeah. Uh, and and Corey, remind the folks at home, what's my plan on home ownership for the future? Not to buy a home. And why is that? Uh, because you think that it's a stupid investment. Yeah, even uh, though, uh, and also, you even never, though literally, so, literally, almost every financial expert will disagree with you on that. Yes, uh, they will. Um, uh, and I think that it's a stupid investment because uh, you can invest for years and then be ready to sell your house, and then 2008 happens, and you're like, "Fuck, well, okay, I lost half the value of my house, so I'm gonna hold it because it'll come back." And then four years later, you're like, "It's finally back. I'm ready to sell." And then 2012 happens, and then. It loses half its value, and you have to wait to get your value back up. And six years later, it's still not back up. But more importantly, it's because of this. You never actually own that home. You think you do. You stop making payments to the bank, but you never really own it. And why is that? Because you always pay taxes on it? Because you always pay taxes. What happens if you don't pay taxes on it? Then the city seizes it. So here is my suggestion. Or, well, I'd rather the, the city will put a lien on you. Mm-hmm. And then there will a be private citizen. There will be some me. there will be some sort of process that's involved in trying to uh, get the lien solved. But if the lien is not uh, eventually worked out in some sort of way, then they will in 90 days and they will yes. they will steal your property from you. They will auction it for the cost of the the lien plus one dollar. Yeah, that's where the starting bid is. So then someone like me who has. $6,000 can come in and get your building that is worth 
$400,000 right. and take it from you, including the improvement, and boot you out. And well, it, have all of the authority of the state and the city and the county behind me to do it. It goes beyond that if you're a uh, Baltimore City resident because uh, you could just be living your day-to-day life, enjoying yourself and you know paying your property taxes because you realize it's important for you know being a resident of the city and all you have to pay right. your taxes uh and then one week you walk to the mailbox and you get your water bill and uh holy shit it's fifteen thousand dollars how the hell did that happen and then you say oh it's okay it's not gonna be a problem i'll just call the water department and i'll get this all <laughs> sussed out and then you call the water department and they say yeah, everything's working great on our end. You owe us $15,000. And then you say, how much does water cost? Why is this, like, how much water, does SeaWorld use $50,000 or $15,000 of water in a month? And they say, I don't know how it happened, but you did it. And then you fight. I don't know how it happened, but if they were in Baltimore, they would have. Yes. <laughs> uh, it would be more. It would be way more. <laughs> Wait, no, uh, no. You and I both know that's not true. It would be way less. Well, yeah. They would I mean, never pay it. <laughs> They would just argue that uh, they're not going to pay it until the crime goes down, and then they never have to pay it. <laughs> um, well, no, and that's that's I encourage the Fells Point Business Association to stand firm, don't pay taxes. I also encourage the Baltimore City Police to say, you know what, fuck them. <laughs> and then six months from now, here's what I suggest, Corey: you we and buy I, Max's tap house. <laughs> We buy Max's tap house and uh, I don't even need the liquor license because I'm not going to open it because uh, I don't know if this is new to people at home, but I hate people just generally. So what I'd like to do is to open up the windows because you know how they have the slide windows that you can like see everything out on the street. Yeah. And I would uh, like to turn on music really loud and then drink at my bar by myself while people walk by and then just be like, fuck all of you. <laughs> Just make it my a, bar. Make it a members-only bar with a membership of one. Absolutely. <laughs> and then somebody would be like, but what are you going to do about the taxes next year? I'd be like, listen, this schmuck didn't pay six grand, and I got his building. I, I'll figure out the six grand problem. One party, once a year, uh, like how uh, when you're broke, how you pay your rent. Where it's like, <laughs> all right, we're going to have a party on the 30th. $5 gets you a red Solo cup and all you can drink, and then uh, you pay your rent. It reminds, it reminds me of uh, that episode of South Park where, where Cartman bought the amusement park because yeah. he was tired of all the other kids being in the amusement park. I don't want to line. I just want to go straight to the front. And then the machine, and then one of the rides broke, and he realized he needed to hire somebody to fix the machines. And to allow him yes. to do that, he had to let like five kids in. And it like it ruined his, his day a little bit because, like, you know, all the kids wanted to ride the same ride he did. Uh, mm -hmm. and then, uh, kids would start breaking in and he needed to hire security and then he needed to hire a ticket taker people. and then he needed to yeah. hire people to take care of the garbage. <laughs> and like, as things added up, his personal amusement park just for him became just like the amusement park before <laughs> with all the people. Here's and the difference. <laughs> I have kept a 25,000 square foot facility up and running nearly through my own blood, sweat, and tears. So I could run a 400-square-foot bar and keep that motherfucker running <laughs> like a top all the time. It's more than four. fuck all from anybody. More than 400 square feet, but yes. Uh, uh, I guess maxes. Yes, I'm thinking about most of the bars there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just a closet. A yeah. <laughs> yeah. Glorified closet. 
Also, you... Max is, I need one fridge and one working sink and a toilet, but they don't all have to work at once. If I can just keep one working at a time and or if they're all broken, moderate my drinking. That's just, it's about levels. Used, it's about keeping the level. I used to think about uh, how Fells Boyd uh, is well known for being like one of the highest concentrations of bars within a like per block there's more bars in fell's point than almost anywhere in the country except for i think bourbon street is the only place that beat it yeah um also uh the urine content of the bricks outside <laughs> the bar only beat by bourbon street yeah in that as well um but you, what you forget is you, you see like big bars every once in a while. You see the the Maxes and the Green Turtles, which is not a, not around anymore, by the way. Um, oh, wow. Uh, and then you see, uh, then you see the little tiny like literally like shoe closet sized bars. Like there was that one. Oh my god, it was like not Bar Baltimore because that was a club. Uh, but it, there's a bar in Fells Point that literally just says bar on the outside, and it's nothing else. And it's just that's the one. That's the one that my friend's a manager of. And oh, it's is like it? twelve feet wide, <laughs> yeah. hundred like, feet deep, and it's like twelve feet wide. Yeah, it's like the smallest bar I've ever seen. <laughs> yes, that's the one we went yeah. to. We went in that bar because she's the manager. Uh, they have a back patio now, by the way. Oh, do they? A year closed. Basically, what they did is like clean out the yard that's in the back of the building and <laughs> put a patio section on. Nice. So, um, it's a very nice bit. and and nothing against it. It's that's a city bar. And, you know, people coming from Denton are like, the fuck? But then people coming from New York are like, this place is spacious. <laughs> I have never. It's amazing. You could pass two, two aside without turning between the bar and the wall. It's great. Wait a minute. Three you mean bathrooms? To, Three? You mean to tell me that a beer isn't $18 here? <laughs> this utopia. It's the land of pleasant living. That's why they call it that. Yeah. Um. But, uh. Oh, despite all the police presence, uh, somehow there was a there was a shots fired incident this weekend in Baltimore uh, in the Fells Point area. And uh, starting July 1st, if you don't uh, get Brandon Scott to do something about it, the Baltimore police radio will become encrypted and we'll never hear about it again. <laughs> no, the crime will get instantly better because you'll just never hear about the crime coming out because all the people who report on the crime will not be listening to the police radio anymore. And uh, yeah, that's it. Surprise. <laughs> the Baltimore Police Department, one of the most corrupt public institutions I have ever seen in my entire life, is looking to have their police radio encrypted. And it starts, you know, a, a half a month from now. This is this is sorry for that technical problem we just had. Uh, the Podcasting is out. hard. <laughs> the Internet just went out in uh hollywood so uh yeah so uh, we had uh verizon wireless not even home service wireless outage earlier today which meant i had to walk to work because i had no data on my phone which was super fun um and then uh then spectrum went out so <laughs> and of course as they of course did i received a text from spectrum saying we believe there's an outage in your area just at the moment the service came back on so um Here's to you, Spectrum. I don't know who owns Charter and Spectrum, but uh, I'm going to put them on the list of billionaires for that for Corey's eat. Time Warner, the people who've ruined Warner Brothers. Oh, is it? Well, well technically, AT and T ruined Warner Brothers. So let's. 
Uh, well, listen, technically everybody who's ever touched Warner Brothers <laughs> after the Warner Brothers have ruined Warner Brothers. So. I, I I don't know if all of them have, but, you know, it's been uh, it's been kind of sad here recently. Anyway, back to what, what I was saying. Uh, Charlie yeah. Manson, assume he's still alive here. Uh, and imagine for a minute that he he says that he wants like extra yard time. A reasonable person would say, no, fucking Charlie, you don't get extra yard time. You're the worst prisoner we have, and you don't deserve extra things that come from being a good model prisoner because you're not a model prisoner. You're just an asshole who constantly is causing trouble. This is what the Baltimore Police Department is, and we're giving them the benefit. Like, they should be allowed to have encrypted radio because I I don't even fucking understand. It's the... (laughs) Our whole problem, the whole problem of crime in Baltimore is so largely based on the fact that the Baltimore Police Department have carte blanche to commit crimes on their own and not solve crimes because nobody trusts the Baltimore Police Department. And then nobody testifies against criminals who commit crimes because, number one, the Baltimore Police Department won't protect them. And number two, the chances of somebody actually getting convicted at the end of the thing is so low. And then I, I think you've been too deep in the research. We got rid of the gun trace task force. That's past. You're talking about the past. We're talking about the future. Here's the funny thing. Roberto and I were watching The Wire earlier today, season five, when McNulty just goes completely off the deep end. And Mm -hmm. he looks at me, you know, like a person filled with hope would, and says, he's going to get in trouble for this, right? I said, of course not. (laughs) He's like, but what he's doing is so illegal and i'm just like the baltimore police department is a deeply flawed organization and will never change i don't know what to tell you like if howard county decided that they wanted to investigate mcnulty for something he did then perhaps he would get charged with something or if the fbi or some other some other agency decided that they were going to uh find some sort of charges then yes of course mcnulty would be found guilty and, and go to jail and the whole thing but because the onus on figuring out whether or not somebody has committed a crime lies on the Baltimore Police Department it will never happen it just won't happen yeah. it's just it's it's a completely preposterous exercise to think that the, the Baltimore Police Department will change in any kind of meaningful way yet we give them the carte blanche of a model prisoner well, as, <laughs> like, as a reminder from your research how did the gun trace task force Fall. It was because of a, a, a whole, everything was in Baltimore, right? Like it was an internal affairs search. No, and- no. It was because a drug dealer got arrested in Baltimore County by the Howard County Police. It was a Howard County or the uh, Harford no, County. Was Howard. Harford, Harford County oh, and Harford uh, County, yeah. and Baltimore County joint operation to try and bring down drug dealers who were bringing uh, drugs into their area. And then all of a sudden they found out that there were a lot of calls between drug dealers and Baltimore Police Department officers. And they said, that's weird. And they got the FBI involved. And then the FBI eventually arrested the Baltimore, the gun trace Ah, house. Literally every single one of those police officers would still be on the street if it weren't for that. That's the only thing that kept any of them from being arrested or uh, serving any kind of time or us understanding what they did. Because... This is not a surprise to people who live in Baltimore where it's just like the cops came out of nowhere, fucking roughed everyone up, arrested people and stole their shit. Yep. And then and then rolled out and yeah, then, and then rolled, rolled out. out. And, and then and then what do you do when you go to the judge and you say, 
that cop stole $200 from me when he was in the process of arresting me. And they said, uh, but you did the crime, right? It's just like, well, I mean, I had drugs on my person, but the cop robbed me. And it's just like, the cop's not on trial here. You're going to jail. Guilty. I mean, or, or, so what you're telling me is $200 of ill-gotten gains are missing, and I'm supposed to take your testimony. The criminal's testimony over the right upstanding officer. Yes. Of the Baltimore Police Department, which has done nothing wrong ever in its history. From the very beginning, a sterling organization that has never had anything that has <laughs> let go of the polish on its shine. Nobody talks to the nobody <laughs> talks to the uh, talks to them like talks to me like that. Except maybe the boy. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, uh so the basics the basis of that is that uh nothing's gonna change so don't get your hopes up and um uh, i started have you seen uh army of the dead have you watched army of the dead no but i heard i heard good things uh i am thinking you know you know the concept of it though right no i didn't i didn't Uh, okay so a zombie outbreak but it's localized to las vegas and they keep it localized by basically building a big wall around the city of las vegas Mm -hmm. which works because it's a desert so like you wall off the city, and then even if it gets out, it's just like a hundred miles of desert to anything else. Right. Um, I say we do the same thing to Baltimore, <laughs> and just so I'm clear about this, I include Essex, Dundalk, all of the suburbs in that as well. I just want to wall off that entire area because downtown's dangerous, but the folks out in Dundalk and Essex are nearly as dangerous, just in a different way. Um, so yeah. Well, that's where the police live. That in Pennsylvania. Well, I, yeah. We should probably extend that wall into southern Pennsylvania as well. well Get all the. I, I was about to suggest we make a rule where the Baltimore police have to live in the city of Baltimore, or at least in the state of Maryland, but that would never happen. So. I, you know, it, it's so fascinating to me that Brandon Scott, uh, amongst all the mayors that we've had in the last 20 years, seems to be the one who, at the very least, can can like keep it together. You know, like... O'Malley couldn't get out of his own goddamn way. You know, we know what Dixon and Pew did. SRB was just like fucking the worst we've ever. If I just... wait, I'll be governor. Just keep being mayor. You eventually you'll be governor. That's how this works. <laughs> Stephanie Rawlings Blake fell ass backwards into every single failure she ever tried. Like Brandon Scott, for a refreshing change of pace, seems like an adult in the room. Yeah. And yet. It's like, he, at the same time, the one thing he could do that would endear him to the citizenry more than anything else would just be like, if he had a press conference and he just got up there and he cleared his throat and he was just like, you know what? Fuck these cops. And then just left. His support in Baltimore would go up 80%. <laughs> like oh. He would be the most popular mayor we've ever had. Yet, for some reason, he feels like he needs to keep up this dog and pony show of <laughs> this I don't criminal know cartel this, known as the Baltimore Police Department still protecting he's a black us. man he's a black man who lives in Baltimore so he also has to drive home from that press conference <laughs> and that's probably what he's thinking about like I'm gonna get yanked out of the car in Freddie Gray no, uh, so no I amount probably not no amount that. of security will protect me his I, security will be the one to do it <laughs> he'll have an escort car on the way home they are Baltimore then, police that's why they'll be, 
they'll drop back behind his car and pull him over and beat his ass. Like, just, you know who I am. Just, Stop resisting. Stop just resisting. randomly next to Greenmont Cemetery, the car pulls over and all the cops just get out and he's just like, this is fucking weird. And then we got like a Sonny Corleone moment with just gunning down at the toll booth. See, it's funny, but I would not put it past. I would not put or, or the worst part the is cars? I know I know what the I know what the uh, the Baltimore Police Department would say the next day. Well, what you don't know is that he was whipping out a gun the moment <laughs> the moment yeah. that the officer showed up. The mayor of Baltimore had a gun. That's all you need to know. <laughs> That's why he was violently gunned down in front of. Or or I was gonna say that in that front of the other messy. dead at the Greenmont Cemetery. <laughs> Or they pull up to a stoplight and a random car filled with four white men, strangely enough, uh, pulls up next to them and all four jump out and start shooting into the car and then pull away. And, of course, the police escort went to see about the health of the, the mayor, not concerned about chasing down the cops. Yeah. None of those guns having been registered, all of them having been, you know, uh, stolen from some white person in the county. Or, or bought in North Carolina and brought up to yeah. Baltimore. So. Uh, all I'm saying is I, I get why Brandon Scott doesn't do that. Uh, I mean, I get it. Um, I, I mean, I still, gonna, ma- uh, I still maintain the take your medicine mayor is not, this is going to yeah, have see, to happen at some thing. point. We have to check our privilege and say, you or I could be a take your medicine mayor because there's going to be a level of, they, they're not going to kill me. They're not going <laughs> to kill me in public. And if they're going to kill me in public, it almost will make it'll my memory will live on and get shit done. Brandon Scott dies in Baltimore and they they will do everything they can to say he had a gun or there was a reason for it. And it's just another black man dead in Baltimore. So what's the big deal? Yeah. And then and then it'll be killed in Baltimore. And then it'll be up to the Baltimore Police Department to investigate it. And they'll never find the killer. Just like Sean Suter. Yeah. By the way, you by the way, look in your own in goddamn ranks. Look in your own goddamn ranks. It's one of them. It's one of the three thousand officers sworn. If it's as not one of the three thousand right. officers sworn, it was somebody that knows one of those three thousand officers sworn. There's no fuck. There, you will never convince me otherwise. I, never in yeah. a million years will you convince me that the Baltimore Police Department, in some way, shape, or form, didn't kill Sean Suter. Snitches get stitches goes to the ranks of the police as well. So listen, it's deep embedded in Baltimore. I don't know what to tell you. And apparently it has made its way down to the Eastern shore as well, because uh, the far the, the Eastern boys shore, in blue yeah. in ocean city, you know, uh, are the same way. Well, you know what? I, I, uh, I always thought of Baltimore uh, County cops and the ocean city cops as like the same sort of thing. Like there's not real crime to deal with. I mean, there's crime. Don't get me wrong, but there's not yeah. like, Baltimore city crime going on right yeah. uh so largely what they do is they have way too many officers who just get upset over the smallest little nonsense ever yeah. and they mostly yeah. take it out on kids because nobody gives a shit when you rough up a kid as opposed to rough up a 50 year old who could potentially sue you you know <laughs> like yeah so yeah. like some 17 year so basically what we're talking about is there's a story uh, video out of Ocean City, Maryland. Uh, I saw Ocean City trending on Twitter, and I was like, "Oh God, what the fuck is this?" <laughs> uh, oh, I, maybe it was because uh, Mar of Easttown. 
uh, is wearing an Ocean City uh, hoodie in several scenes. That's and Jersey, like, though, right? No, 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 no. Because remember, over the last few years, after ha- Sandy, there is no Ocean City, New Jersey. Nobody goes there anymore. Really? It's all Ocean City, Maryland. Yeah. And I recognize the, like, um, print the, and uh, the color embroidery. <laughs> yes, as Ocean City. I, I've seen it very often. And uh, that meme of Lee. Leo uh, from uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That was me during the show. I was like, <laughs> pointing at the screen. <laughs> I know that place. Anyway, um, yes, Ocean City cops. So there was a there was a video where uh, six Ocean City police officers uh, come up to a 17 year old uh, black teen on the boardwalk, uh, accuse him of vaping the day before, which, <laughs> as I as I learn now. It's apparently a crime again, or it's apparently a crime now in Ocean City. You can't smoke what? or vape or do anything on the boardwalk, except for weird. spend money. That's the only thing yeah. you're allowed to do on the boardwalk now. Right. Spend money at a vape shop yeah. that's on the boardwalk. And then leave the boardwalk to enjoy your vape. Yes. <laughs> um, go, go, to fucking, myself. go to fucking Assateague to enjoy your vape. Uh, no, 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 because that's a state park, and you're not allowed to smoke a vape or cigarettes in a state park either. Oh, true. God damn, God damn, nanny state. Uh, I'm going to turn so, you into a communist revolutionary before we're done. Just wait. <laughs> the billionaires are going to go too far, and they're going to take this nanny smoking law too far, and Corey's going to be uh, Che Guevara over here. <laughs> By the way, I saw just a, a quick sidebar. I saw a, a really interesting piece of information. Uh, apparently, the state of Massachusetts had banned menthol cigarettes. Yeah. Uh, do you know how much that cost the tax base of uh, massachusetts uh it, billions i i saw they that it was like billions lost or something like that no it wasn't billions they they lost uh 127 million dollars in about 10 months worth of time well but they in repealed taxes, it right what they repealed it no 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 in 10 months in the first 10 months of it being being a mm-hmm. be, there being a man, menthol ban in uh massachusetts they lost $127 million worth of taxes that they had the year before. Uh, meanwhile, Rhode Island and uh, Vermont gained $30 million and $40 million worth of tax revenue. Uh, yeah. Mysteriously overnight. <laughs> so, uh, well, no, I think, I think the story, so I think the ban has a 10 year, like it's in place for 10 years before we have to like analyze and either renew or undo it. Yeah. So it might be that it's going to cost us a billion dollars over 10 years. To ban menthol I, cigarettes. I mean, if it costs it costs them one hundred twenty-seven million dollars in yeah, ten months, that, that, makes that sense. seems to add up. That math, right? Yep. So anyway, back yeah, to Ocean it, City. It, it's weird to put it in that perspective. By the way, you're like one hundred twenty-seven million dollars. Uh, okay, but that bill doesn't come up again for ten years. Yeah, it's a billion dollars over ten years. You've been working on the goddamn turnpike for thirty-five years. You couldn't <laughs> use a billion dollars. Same. That big dig gonna stop. Yeah. I, uh, Plus, half the guys out there are smoking menthol cigarettes. And you don't want to be around. Driving a fucking Rhode I, Island for him, too. I need to uh, pay off, man. I'm sick today. I got to go to Rhode Island for my smoke. Got to buy a couple cartons. Uh, so, back to Ocean City. Uh, yeah. They accused this teen of smoking the day before. Vaping. Vaping, vaping the day yeah, before. Vaping the day before. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I, I I linked these two <laughs> these two dangerous things together. By the uh, way, any chance that the six white police officers may have misidentified the black youth that uh, was vaping the day before? A- any chance that that was the case? I like uh, I like the fact that uh, 
uh, time and time again, we have proven that uh, white cops have an awful time identifying black suspects. Like, it's just a general principle that, like, for whatever yeah. be- reason. Uh, well, no, it's not cops. It's just you have an easier time identifying a single individual of your race than you do as soon as you have to cross racial lines. It, yeah. Because you have grown up from the time you were a child seeing. Now, this is an advantage that, like, my nephew will have because half of his family is, is well, a quarter of his family is mixed, a quarter of his family is black, half his family is white. So he's going to see a wide variety of faces. I'm going to teach him a lot of Spanish. I'll eventually have to get a, a uh, some um, a nurse or, uh, you know, maid from some country in Central America. So he'll have a lot of different faces around him. He'll be able to identify a lot of people. Yeah. Anyway, back to Ocean by, City. By a nurse, I just mean uh, a, a 22-year-old uh, au pair who can teach a young 13-year-old. <laughs> you don't don't go there. I know where you were going. I know you were going, and the only the only thing I have to say in reply is the great quote from the uh, from the league. Au pair, au pair. That's uh, absolutely right. We've gotten way off the rails here. 17-year-old 17, 17 kid uh, accused of vaping the day before. Uh, the the officers told him to take off his backpack, and when he lowered his arm to allow the backpack to come off of his back, they saw that as him reaching for something in his waistband and tased him. Now, thank yeah. God they didn't shoot and kill him, but still, the tasing is not... Uh, necessary there in this was, situation there was white people behind him Corey. they weren't <laughs> gonna shoot him they might have accidentally shot a dog or you know a white person from behind him so. the part where it really gets bad is the grotesque uh way in which they kneeled on him while they were trying yep. to cuff him and then hogtied him haven't seen that at all in the last year so hogtied the 17 year old and then like six or seven officers drag him like it's like a fucking uh coffin yep to the wagon where they take him away to prison um it is uh it it was hard to watch and uh thank god uh thank god he is uh not been shot and killed uh because that is how a lot of these stories go but uh so wait let's uh let's add that to the list things that black people can't do in public Take off a backpack pursuant to a police command. Okay. All right. Good to know. Good or, to know. Yeah. Or look like somebody who vaped the day before. Yeah. Fuck. All right. Well, we're fucked. All right. Uh. <laughs> like, like, literally, nothing. There's nothing you can do. <laughs> nothing. Uh, and, it, listen, and by the way, I, they I, didn't. I don't believe that they told him why they were stopping him, but he did give a little, like, yeah what, what, yeah, what is this? What did I do? No, yeah. I, I don't, yeah. So, again, they were doing an illegal arrest, and literally the only crime he can be accused of is resisting the illegal arrest. So the cop illegally said, you're coming with me, and the only crime he committed was saying, no, I am not coming with you because you legally cannot take me into custody. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so, I, just, I want you to, to I want you to think about that and I want you to think about the billionaires not paying their taxes every night right before you go to sleep like a prayer like a prayer I just want you to, to think those two things over and then go to sleep and I want you to call me in seven days and tell me at the very least Billy Murphy will get involved and uh, 
there <laughs> there will be a uh, his college will be paid for. Let's put it that way. I, I don't know what was missing from Maryland, but I don't think it was Billy Murphy uh, from Ocean <laughs> City. I don't think it was Billy Murphy um, coming down o- OC or that other fucking guy that is now everywhere at every police shooting. Oh, uh, yeah. The the one who did uh, the, the bald lawyer. From yeah, yeah, the yeah. Floyd case. Yeah, exactly. Um, <sighs> but uh, yes, that's uh, that's news that happened. And I maintain that. Uh, Ocean City cops, much like Baltimore County cops, just have way too many people uh, on their payroll, and that leaves them with nothing better to do than I- I've told the story many times before. Uh, if you if you get pulled over in Baltimore County, it's not just a one officer or like one car oh, no. deal. No, You're no. going six miles over the speed limit, and an officer pulls you over. Within five to ten minutes, you're going to have eight other police cars all backed up behind the cop who stopped you. And you're going to see a little quorum happen with, like, 70 different police officers who have all showed up at the scene to talk about the dangerous person who is going six miles over the speed limit. And then they they will hold a little tribunal and decide whether or not you should be freed or punished for the... For the act that you have committed. And nobody will do this, but if you subpoenaed the body cams of all of those officers. Yeah. My question is, what do you think they're talking about? And that is absolutely it. There is a, is he guilty, which is based upon no evidence. How do you look and how is your record? And then what is a fair punishment? So was he going six over or was he doing 11 over and, uh, his tag light is slightly askew, and uh, the tent looks like it's a little dark. And like that's what they're doing. They're they're yeah. having quorum over there with the tribunal of like, um, the the Peter Griffin uh, meme of like holding up the card to him and be like, okay, 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 terrorist. <laughs> yeah, like uh, all right, listen, he's just hey, he looks like my kid. He's a white kid, and he's got this uh, Audi, and he was doing six over. I would have been doing like. 40 over in this car. Let's just let him go. Come on. <laughs> it is a uh... uh, nobody playing devil's advocate in that tribunal. Everybody there is like, well, he's guilty, right? Okay. All right. So what is he guilty? <laughs> what is he guilty of? What did he do this time? <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, did you see, uh, see the story about the protester whose phone continued to live stream from the evidence bag? No. <laughs> oh yeah. So that was like two or three weeks ago. I think it was the week that we were off, but uh, guys live streaming and the cop, uh, goes to grab it and the guy like fights him. So there's like a struggle. And when he gets it, he just basically hands it backwards to another cop who drops it in like the evidence bag that has a bunch of people arrestees stuff in it. Right. Yeah. But it's still live streaming. And for six more hours, it's live streaming the inside of the bag. And for one of those hours, it's sitting on the desk at a police station while four police officers try to figure out what they could charge this guy with. And at one point, they get confused about, like, is this the guy in the hat? And, like, no, no. All right, that was that guy. So he didn't actually run, so we can't charge him with, like, fleeing. This is the kid who was recording. And then I went to go get the phone, and then uh, he moved it away from me. And he's like, well, that's resisting, isn't it? Well, I don't know if it's resisting because he didn't actually make a move. And like, They're discussing how to make up a charge against him. Yeah. It is amazing. I, uh... uh... I gotta find this uh, this Netflix uh, doc that I had just watched. 
because it's it was oh, fascinating. Like uh, fuck. How do you find what you watched recently on Netflix? You? You can't uh, because there's too many people on your account and they're just watching random stuff. <laughs> like RuPaul's Drag Race is probably the most recently watched thing there. All right. Well, I have to find it. Uh, this <laughs> uh, this white kid uh, gets uh, uh, ratted out by his friend as being involved in a murder. And uh, that was all it took. And then the officers were uh, talking to the guy who was snitching on his friend and gave him pieces of the crime, like as they were interviewing oh. him. Oh, and I then, have seen this. Yeah. Yes. And then they yes. arrest the kid and uh, he he goes to jail on like the loosest evidence ever, <laughs> like just based it's off of the testimony. Netflix, by the way. It's HBO Max, and it's the kids from Florida or Texas or some state because they're talking about the death penalty at one point. Oh, I don't remember that. Uh, maybe it was on the on the table. I th- I think I remember. Yeah. Hearing that. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was uh, it was uh one of the things the lawyer says is like uh, or or that one of the people says about the lawyers that they advise them that like the death penalty could be on the table, but they do that. They do that because they want you to take a, a guilty plea. Yeah. And he just kept man- maintaining he wasn't guilty. And then he was eventually freed. Like his dad was like yeah. a rock star and uh, fucking Kathleen yep. Zellner got involved. Yeah. Uh, uh, that, that one, by the way, just yeah. a, a friendly piece of advice. This is free legal advice for anyone who wants to take it. Uh, if the cops ever uh, say they want to talk to you, uh, first of all, am I under arrest? Uh, mm-hmm. If you are, then go with them because <laughs> it's not it's not worth trying to fight them at that moment. Uh, and then as soon as you get in the interview room, uh, they're probably going to try and butter you up with sweet little nothings. Uh, your first words out of your mouth should be, I would like my attorney present for any interview <laughs> that is going to occur because this kid fucked himself so badly yeah. By just thinking he could just talk his way out of I didn't do anything. Why the fuck would I why do I need that? Like I, I, I could just talk to them and be fine and I watch yep. so I watch so many of these true crime things where I'm just like, get a fucking lawyer. Like your your whole thing is just fixed if you if you get a lawyer. Like you never would have been charged if a lawyer was in the room for the interview. Like it just never would have happened. Somehow I am unsurprised. And his eleven years in jail is all based off of the fact that he thought he could just talk to the cops over the thing that he clearly did not do. Like, I am somehow unsurprised that your household spends a lot of time watching true crime. <laughs> as I like to call it, murder porn. Yeah. I do have another free piece of advice for people at home, though. <clears throat> when you're in that interview room and you're thinking, like, should I ask for a lawyer or not? Also remember that snitches get stitches. Yes. So. Yeah. So have your lawyer do the talking because then he'll get the stitches. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um. Well, I think the only thing left to do at this time is uh, mosey on down to OTheAnthem.com. Cord OTheAnthem.com. OTheAnthem on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the listener line, 443-219-7595. What's that number again? 443-219-7595. You can find more of me at my website, CoreyBakerFilmmaker.com, Facebook.com forward slash CoreyBakerFilm, and at LegendCB5 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, (laughs) I know what Rob's thinking right now. Where's that video you promised? What's that? What what could I possibly be thinking, Corey? And uh, and my response is, uh, I was on set this weekend, so it's going to be delayed a little bit. But it is coming, Mm. so enjoy it when it does. uh, How how many hours were you on set uh, this weekend, Corey? Uh, Let's see. Uh, 
48 hours. Yeah. In four days. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, you you and I basically worked the same amount of time in four days. Plus, I worked another day after that. It was, you know, about 10 hours. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't, listen, I'm I not... only say that. I only say that to say I have a new video out. came out today. <laughs> Everybody can check it out on my channel. It's uh, only one hour and 32 minutes long. So, you know. Watch it in pieces. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying if, if if there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So, well, oh, I interrupted you. What were you What were you about to say about your video on your channel? Uh, oh, nothing. Just just that. Uh, you know, I I, I was never uh, I was never doubting your uh, <laughs> that you were working more than me this past week. But uh, usually, people hear forty eight hours in four days, and they're going like, Jesus Christ! I in five days I worked forty hours, and I'm just like, that's the life of the film set. <laughs> My favorite. Yeah, I showed Rob before uh, before we started that we we uh, everyone on set had a big laugh about uh, my sleep tracker. I have this new uh, m- uh, pad that like lays underneath the mattress and automatically tracks my sleep every night. And uh, you could clearly see which days I was on set based off of the lack of sleep I was getting <laughs> during those four days. So it's pretty funny. Um, maybe no, I'll- that's so that's. That's my everyday audio. Maybe I'll Although share Although you could do a, uh, a a review of that sleep tracker. That'd be a nice piece of content for the channel. Oh, perhaps. Kind of yeah. out of sorts. Out of or sorts I, what you do. But or, or I could just make it as a, a video of like what to expect when you become a filmmaker. <laughs> <laughs> Things that are necessary. A sleep tracker. Just so you show, know how bad to just feel. Show the show the data from, from all the days on set. Yeah. Here's a uh, week but, uh, I here's a week I worked. Look at all the great hours of sleep first, then look at all the shitty hours of sleep. <laughs> but uh of course you can find more of me at Robert and Chicken Oysters Networks. Uh as I said, I have a video up. Uh it is an hour and thirty-two minutes long. And to the one person who sent a comment one hour and forty-eight minutes after it was posted, you haven't renewed my faith in humanity, but um, Corey, what is it? Is it Billy Madison? Where at the end of it, uh, Bashemi's sitting there and he like crosses the name off and then puts the lipstick on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. To you, I say, I I all I often call for a renewed uh, coronavirus or similar pandemic that kills off ninety five percent of the human population. And to you, person who commented at the end of the video an hour and 48 minutes after I posted it, my hour and 32 minute long video, I crossed your name off the list. I want you to be one of the 5%. That's all it takes. Yeah. Uh, But to everyone else, you should break it up into like 30 minute chunks because it's dense and it's a lot. And if uh, you are one of the five or so people who have watched the majority of it, um, don't be concerned. I am still here. So there's that. Uh, and uh, I hope it starts a dialogue with you and your friends at home. So um, I also spent the entire day waiting for the axe to drop. Uh, and I haven't gotten messages from the family. And Corey seems to have not seen the subject. Corey and Roberto both have seen apparently not seen the subject. So avoided that conversation. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. That's not the point. The point is not to look it up now. Anyway, so go check out the new video. Okay, well, I guess. 
<laughs> so am I not to not to react to it live on the podcast? Is that the? Ah, uh, yeah, I, I it's gonna, just gonna it's gonna extend the the uh, episode unnecessarily because it's gonna be like a whole thing. Although you, I will guess, are gonna be one of the very few people that get the uh, the homage in the su- in the title. Yeah, are we talking about uh talking about uh how I learned to uh uh oh fuck. What's uh, the, Str- oh, it is the actual movie. Dr. Strangelove. Dr. Strangelove. Uh, yeah. Or how I, uh, how I, how I relax and the learn bomb. to love, le- how I relax and learn to love the bomb. Yes. I, I will, uh, you know, for as, as big of a movie guy as I am, I will never, ever completely get that title uh, every single time. It, it, I will get uh, uh, Don't Be a Menace of South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. Every time, yep. without without question, but I will not get uh, Doctor Strangelove or how I learned to, to stop. Oh, here we go, or how I learned to stop worrying and love the bomb. Yes, there you go. Yes, it will, it will always uh, well, escape me. What is that one thing they used? They said about Kubrick. Um, there's a word they used to describe him. Uh, <laughs> Uptight. It's a G. It's a G word. Um, Genius. Yeah, so that's what we have in common. Anyway, um <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've done good here today. <laughs> I love the like the the 4 seconds of silence and Corey's like, "Motherfucker." Uh, <laughs> questioning existence, communism, billionaires, dirty cops. We've done something. I don't know if it's good. But as always, you're listening to the O.D. Anthem podcast, part of the O.D. Anthem digital network. For Corey, this is Rob. Have a great week, everyone. Bye.